it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays, back yet again. And boy, do we have a doozy for you for you guys today. The Celtics dropped Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals in embarrassing fashion to the Miami Heat. I'm in Miami with Suiji Tirada of MassLive.com as we just got back from the arena from what was essentially a car wreck for the Boston Celtics. Um, they trailed by as many as 33 points in the second half of this game. They played pretty bad from the start and then in the third quarter just stopped trying entirely after uh, the Heat made one run to start the, the frame and and that was that. So the Celtics are down 3-0 in a series for the first time since 2015. And I don't know, Suichi, what's what's initial impressions to what, what we just witnessed that uh, I don't think anyone's talking about tonight? <laughs> well, Bira, first off, we joked about this on the Uber back, but just if you're listening to this podcast, respect to you. My respect to you. <laughs> yes. I not mean much, but I have been in that situation where uh, maybe Michigan State is down 30 as well. And I still keep watching for some reason because I, I like the pain, I guess. Uh, so if you're listening to this, respect to you. Uh, I'm sure Listen, you are to... one of those people who are. It's a wake at. <laughs> we have to show up. You know, even if the Celtics didn't show up, the winning plays is going to show up, whether it's you, like, we have the regulars are always here on winning plays. And, but yeah, <laughs> Echo Sweetie's comments. We appreciate you if you're listening and. We won't try to drag this out too long because of it, because it's it's going to be a painful. <laughs> yeah, we we joke and laugh about it, but I think it was just so shocking to watch this beer up. I I was just I was a little surprised. I was wondering midway through the third quarter, right when you say they essentially quit, and I think that is a very fair assessment. I was wondering like who who's going to take this team and lead, and it just didn't feel like anybody was going to do that, and I think that was just so surprising because basically. Your top seven guys are all seasoned NBA players who you think they could at least at least try at the very least, right? And like you look at the numbers, Jason Tatum six for eighteen, Jalen Brown six for seventeen. There's a little bit of poetry there and how how similar their stats were, I guess. Um, and it was just it was just shocking to me just because, right? Like I thought at the beginning of the third, Marcus made a tough and wanted to cut it to twelve. I thought that was that was maybe you know that was kind of an interesting point, right? Like that was kind of the time to, to steal the momentum a little bit that he had a turnover on their first possession, I believe. And it all pretty much fell apart from there. And I think that was, that was kind of the shocking part because, right. I think I mentioned this to you, B-Rob, like the Hawks showed simply more fight than the Celtics did tonight in whatever game that was, I believe it was either one game one or two. The Hawks cut it to a clo- kind of a closer game. It was 12, I think. That was, you know, all these good things that the Hawks did that the Celtics did. And it's just, 
this is the Eastern Conference Finals, man. Like, this is game three. This is kind of a must-win game in the sense of no team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. And here we are talking about a 3-0 deficit, B-Rob, and it's just, it's just shocking to me that a team with so many veterans just, just fell apart like that just because it's just... This team has proven time and again that they can win those tough games, those must-win games in the playoffs, and they just fell flat on their face Sunday, and it, it just felt... It just felt kind of like, you know, poetic in the sense of like, it was such a meltdown that it was, I don't think anybody saw it coming. No, it was, I think, demoralizing to the team in real time. Um, the Heat came out guns blazing from the start. Um, mm-hmm. Gabe Vincent played the game of his life. Caleb Martin played amazingly again, which he has been doing all series long. Duncan Robinson was back to bubble Duncan Robinson for the second mm-hmm. straight game, 22 points off the bench there. And that that's the crazy thing about how this, this happened. Like it wasn't like Jimmy Butler took over or Bam out of took over. It's like mm-hmm. Celtics couldn't stop any, everyone else and everything. They, they weren't there defensively from a scheme standpoint, I feel like, but mm-hmm. even when they were, it didn't matter because the heat were making shots. And then by the time the third quarter rolled around, um, they, it it was just too much for them, and they just gave up entirely. They they came down the floor every time, took a three, um, and when that doesn't working, they don't have a, a backup game plan anymore, and that that was on full display in this performance. But there's no doubt about it. Um, the, their issues started first and foremost on the defensive end in this game. I feel like, and that's something where mm. they just have not been able to solve this team, this Heat team that is. You know, they aren't just doing it to the Celtics, but it's what with Joe Mazzulla saying after the game that this team has lost his defensive identity. That's tonight is as clear cut as it comes in terms of that mindset. And I think the fact that they admitted it, especially worrisome, B-Rob, and you could kind of tell, I thought, throughout the season, just because a lot of the discourse, and I think this is partly because Joe Mazzulla is kind of this offensive guy, right? But a lot of the discourse was about you know, the spacing and the three-pointers, and, and especially at the beginning when the threes were going down, it was about having a historically great offense. But I thought the strength of last year's team, and I think they agree with it, I think especially a guy like Marcus Smart last year's DPOI would agree with it, was was on that defensive end, and they built a, a lot of that identity. And Joe Mazzula has mentioned a few times, like, yeah, sure, we have multiple identities, but but I, I, I thought... Sure, that's great and everything in terms of the offensive end of the floor and, and being able to do different things. But I thought having a rock solid defensive identity really allowed them to to win in these hostile environments and and be able to kind of rely on something that they could they could you know get every single night. And so I thought the fact that they kind of finally admitted it, being like, yeah, we have lost a little bit of our defensive identity, is, is probably the most worrisome going forward, right? Just because maybe there is an easy fix, and sure, there are other factors like Rob not being healthy the entire season, and everything. But it's just. I thought the Celtics had a good thing going with their defense, and and it seemed like they kind of went away from it throughout the entire season. You could kind of see it coming, right? And and when they did pull out these tough, you know, these tough wins, even last series against the Sixers, like you know, I I, I don't have it in front of me, but like Game Six, the Sixers only scored three points in the last six minutes or whatever it was. Uh, that big game, that big third quarter in Game Seven against the Sixers, it was because they only scored like, like ten or twelve points or whatever it was. Like it was still predicated on the defense, and I just thought. Going away from it took away from what the Celtics do best. And I think that that's why it was a little bit worrisome to me going into the playoffs. And I think you've seen that kind of exacerbated now. Uh, now that they are down 3-0 in the East Finals. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's this was a top five defense in the regular season, mm-hmm. but I mean we've we would talk all season long. So we'd like we'd be like this is nowhere close in terms of like the level of defense they got to last year, and they haven't been able to do it consistently all postseason long they had like you said we saw those flashes in game six and seven like you said against the sixers but mm-hmm. by and large they've had to win games of offense and they've had these massive breakdowns at points of the games in which we saw in game one and two and tonight it was just a pretty much a 48 minute breakdown on that mm-hmm. front like where uh, the miscommunications were still there when they would um like backdoor cuts all that stuff was um fully exposed on top of just giving guys open looks time after time when you can't afford to, whether that's mm-hmm. in transition or, you know, helping too much off of someone there's time and time again, it, it kept happening. And I think it demoralized this group and mm-hmm. it was kind of nuts. Cause I, like you said, offensively to start, like it didn't like Jalen Brown had a strong start to the game. Like they, mm-hmm. they even took the lead for us to spolster early timeout. But then from that point, they were just chugging uphill and and honestly, like no one played semblance of a of a good game here. It, it was kind of jarring. You look <laughs> at the you look at the box score after the fact, and you're just like, it was beyond the fourth quarter garbage time. It was just almost a mess for everyone. Yeah, I was about to say this was a lot of a uh, Luke Cornett erasure. <laughs> Big game for Luke. Eleven point like game four potential starter Luke Cornett. I don't know what if Al Horford has much in those legs at this point, but that's a, we can get to that later. <laughs> Yeah, and I just offensively, I just people have talked about this, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter. But it's just like this team when it's not making his three pointers is just it's just so hard to watch. And they weren't even taking like you know like the the one that I was just like you know blown away by with Jalen's with uh with like nine seconds left in the first half. I was like, why are you shooting? It wasn't even a good shot. It's like one thing if you get a completely wide open shot, but it was like contested. Like you're shooting poorly already. I know, you know, and like. They were down 15 at that point, and they could have cut it to 12, and who knows from there. Obviously, you know, I don't think it would have mattered, but it's just those is it's it's those types of decisions that were so jarring to me, B Rob. It was just like it seemed just it seems like they just weren't making good decisions. Like they were they were so sloppy with the ball. They finished with 15 turnovers, but it was just you you could see that they were playing tight. And I think the surprising thing to me was like this team has been so good on the road in the playoffs the last two years. I believe it was a 12 and 6 record going into game three and it was just I thought that was because they could just play their game they weren't as tight as they were at home but it's just you could see the nerves getting to them and that was just another surprising thing too this team has been there on the biggest stage has won on the biggest stage uh short of the finals you know but they they just weren't able to execute that and it's just it was just a so many dumb things going on and I'm sure as a fan it was just so frustrating to watch these 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 very accomplished smart basketball players just consistently do these dumb things over and over again Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. 
you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it was, I mean, six first quarter turnovers. Um, Cade and Brown were front and center of those. Mm-hmm. Al Horford hit some threes, stayed in the starting five, but still, like, was getting cooked mm. defensively a lot. Only had one rebound again. Like, that's never a good sign for him. Um, mm. Derek White hit some threes, but really, like, looked lost inside the arc in this game. Like, was just in a, kind of a, a net negative at that standpoint. And then an absolute no-show from, like, Malcolm Brogdon, who mm. has been up and down throughout the playoffs, but... um he brought absolutely nothing to the table tonight. And I think was fitting like minus 23 in 18 minutes. Oh, six from the field, like to win these games, to even have a chance in these games, you need to get something out of those guys. And that was, again, they were coming up empty offensively and Brogdon in particular, I think was especially getting cooked on the defensive end. Yeah. And it just in stark contrast to the Heat's role players who have played so well, uh, you know, like Duncan Robinson had a blow by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like Duncan Robinson blew by Grant Williams. And I was like, at that moment, I was like, oh man, the Celtics are in trouble if that's happening, right? Duncan Robinson was playmaking a little bit. I was like, it, like you said, it yeah, was he just, threw like, a lob to Bam. Like, what the hell was <laughs> yeah, that? That was a crazy play, by the way. Um, it's just, it was just so many different factors. And, and I think I am probably the most, you know, if I was a fan, I'll probably be most disappointed than Jason and Jalen in the, in the sense of like, like, you know, six for 17, six for 18, and, like, just some of the bad decisions, some of the bad turnovers. Like, they each had three apiece. Neither player played in the fourth quarter, obviously, in a 30-point game. And it just, you know, you you can, you, like, teams will shoot, you know, the role players especially will shoot well at home. Like, that happens. Like, we saw it in Atlanta in game three, like, when uh, Bojan and Sadiq Bey went off. But it's just, you know, you just need your stars to step up, and they just didn't. And it's just... Now you got this mess kind of post game and everything. And Joe Mazzulla, obviously, we haven't talked even talked about him that much, but like him blaming himself and everything. And and it's just there's just so much going on right now. I think P Rob and it's just I don't know how where this team's headspace will be come game four on Tuesday, just because it could be it could be anywhere based off of what happened uh, Sunday night. Yeah, what's your feel right now? Do you think do we see a game five? Do we see fight from this group coming off of that performance, or do we see <laughs> The one, two, three Cancun mentality um, <laughs> that, you know, you're not going to get that from, there's there's certainly players in the team you're not going to get that from. I don't think Al mm-hmm. Horford wants to go on vacation when he knows this is probably is what, one of his last chances to be in this spot period in the NBA playoffs. But it's mm-hmm. um, just across the board from a body language, from an effort standpoint, from everything. It's, this was pretty jarring because you just, it's, you don't see this for you haven't seen this from this group period in a game that matters ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you this, Rob. I don't think many people are listening, so I won't. Hopefully, don't sound too stupid. I still think the series goes six for some silly reason. The three point <laughs> variance can 
simply flip and then these are good shooters and everything. I could be wrong and they could be blown up by 50 in game four and I and I look really dumb. That won't be the first time. I still think this goes like six just because I think the Celtics will have enough pride to not get swept. And then game five at home, your role players, for example, maybe Grant gets hot and then you are playing a game six. I don't think they win that game six, mind you. However, this is still a very talented team and I think people are kind of forgetting that. But at the same time, like, I think the, the obviously Birabla, just the matter in which they lost by, you know, 30 some point. Obviously, it was 26 by the end of it. But just, just the, just a complete lack of fight, I thought was just jarring, just because like that points to like foundational issues, you know? Like I said, like the Hawks, they just have a new coach and they were playing very hard. And maybe that is because they made a coaching change midway through the season. They wanted to show Quinn Snyder or something for next season, next season and beyond. But it's just like that to me. The fact that you're giving up in game three of the East Finals when you're already down two on blue 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 two games at home, like that shows like a foundational issues and, and you just have to wonder what's going on behind the scenes, especially what we heard post game Birao kind of reading between the lines a little bit, maybe. Yeah, there's gonna be quite the uh postmortem on this team if uh mm. when things do end, and that could be as soon as Tuesday night. I think there's a lot of potential baggage there that may come to the mm-hmm. forefront um, based on how Joe handled this situation, how, you know, comments from Jalen Brown the last week or so have been a bit eye-opening and we all know what his situation is going into this off season with his future potentially up in play here and the impact and how this series ends on, on that whole um, situation will be discussed about at length, but I agree. I mean, this is, from a talent standpoint, it's funny the the line just came out for for game four on on Fanduel here, and it's only Heat are only favored. What, what, what's your prediction? What do you think they're favored? Oh, by? I already looked at it. So oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, so a point and a half. Though so they're still after hmm. literally not showing up. That he like okay, maybe we'll give the the benefit of the doubt here. The, <laughs> the public is, is is slightly slightly saying, oh yeah, maybe this Heat these are good. And so I think the the promise for the Celtics now, even if they do show some pride and try to put things back together in game four. Mm. The heat have been that good this postseason where it just might not matter. They yeah. might just like the level that these guys are playing at right now, even if the Celtics were at their best, like mm-hmm. it might not, you know, you might not beat this team at home anyway, regardless um, mm-hmm. because they have, they have found holes in the Celtics team and they are exploiting them time and time again on both ends of the floor right now, masterfully. And so, yeah, it's it'll be fascinating. I'm with you. I think I somehow, for some reason, I agree with you that there this is going <laughs> to not be a sweep. But I also thought Game Three would be a whole different story too. So at this point, mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm done. Uh, I'm done trying to figure out this team, which is tough when we're on this podcast together. I guess. <laughs> well, okay. Here's a silver lining for you, Celtics fans, if you want betting odds and all these things. So. The Lakers also down 3-0 to the number one seed the Nuggets. They are down. They the betting odds for them to win are at plus seventeen hundred. What do you think they are for the Celtics, who are also down 3-0? Wow. Around? I'd say plus seven hundred. Oh wow, that was a good guess. Plus eight hundred actually. Okay, yeah. But that was per fan one. <laughs> whoever I, I, I forgot which sports book I looked at. Um, um but yeah, yeah I that's... think that's a uh, that's uh, your very small. 
So you're saying there's a chance. Oh man. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah I guess so. You know, it's a, you know. Listen. Get the Red Sox the... also lose Game Three really bad. Right. right? Exactly. The, the, the signs are we there. Were just talking about this. Four days in October, great thirty for thirty. I remember watching when I was eighteen or whatever. So, um, maybe they'll fly Kevin Millar in for Game Four. You throw my court side. <laughs> that would honestly um, be a pretty baller move. I would respect that. that I would respect yeah, that. We'll, we'll we'll see. They have forty eight hours to figure that out. So that'll that'll be the, <laughs> the, what they need. But for now, that's all we're going to spend on this. This is we'll 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 go much longer on this team um, later this week. Um, we'll see if we'll have a a final podcast of the year for this group on Tuesday night. Suichi and I say not yet, but a lot of fans are pointing otherwise. So we'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, <laughs> check out Suichi on Twitter at S-O-U-I-C-H-I, Chirada, T-E-R-A-D-A. If you're not already, you should be all year on, regardless if you're listening to this podcast, but make sure you're doing it now. Make sure you check out all our stuff on MassLive.com. And we'll be back after Tuesday night to see if this team lives to see another day or goes quietly into the night into a very, very interesting offseason. <laughs>